And I was like, look, it's just offensive. Like, you've got to remember I'm a real person. I'm not a business. Mm. Like, this was on my personal account too. I'm like, how do you not realise that I see that? Yes. Like, how do you not realise that I see that? Just I because I have a lot of followers doesn't mean I'm not real. Yeah, doesn't mean I don't have feelings. Mm. I'm a very emotional person. I'm a Scorpio, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> you know? like Totally. And so I put a post up, what was it, like two weeks ago or something, when I'd had a really, really shitty day. And I was feeling really down and I was about to delete that Instagram and just be like, just keep it all business. Yeah. Like I, don't, I feel exposed. I've thought about this. I feel exposed. Yeah. I'm just going to delete it. But then instead I put up a photo of something, of some of my jewellery, something that made me happy and was a reminder to me and I explained this in the post that like this is who I am, this is what I do, this is what I love and I want to share that because I get excited about it. It mm. makes me feel good and I want to share that with people mm. and I don't want to be scared just because I'm feeling insecure. I'm Alison Rice and welcome to Offline, the podcast. These are honest conversations about true self with the people behind the Instagram accounts and the teachers who help us on our way. A lot has changed since I launched Offline in September 2018. It started as a podcast and thanks to your ongoing support, it turned into a movement. Today, Offline exists to help us explore the essence of who we are and how to live, create and succeed in alignment with that. This is our true self. There's the podcast, a series of online courses I've created with our collective needs in mind and experiences that allow us to connect as a community. Visit getoffline.co to find out more or follow getoffline.co on Instagram. I hope this episode helps you on your way. Thank you for being here. Deep down, I think we all want to start a jewellery line. Okay, that's a massive generalisation. But I personally have these visions of drinking herbal tea, listening to records, and using my hands to create something beautiful. Of course, the reality of any job is never as charmed as we imagine. And who better to give us an insight into starting and growing a jewellery line than talented maker and Australian artist, Holly Ryan. Made consciously and using sustainable materials, Holly creates heirlooms. In today's fast fashion world, her sustainable and traditional approach to jewellery making is considered somewhat unconventional. Perhaps that comes from our collective programming to desire scale and being the biggest. Her considered creative process was comforting to me because it's proof to anyone who desires to create that patience, care and craftsmanship is the only way. Holly founded her namesake line in 2011 and in 2017 she expanded her practice into large-scale sculpture. Of course, her first show sold out. I wanted to talk about it all. Holly and I discussed creativity, maintaining our authenticity while working in fashion, dealing with copycats, the disappointing need for us to put on a brave face even in times of grief, how she channeled her pain into her work and so much more. I'm in love with this honest conversation. Here's darling Holly and I for Offline. This is the interesting thing about you and I is like we know each other, mm. but we don't know each other. We, yeah, I know because we 
Well, the first time we met properly was Billy's house for dinner. Yes. That and was so good yeah, that night. When we got like the um, all that stuff delivered and it was amazing. Um, we had all those beautiful salads. Yes. And yeah. Hannah was there and Mandy was there. Yeah. And yeah. that was the first time I met them as well. Yes. And like, to be honest, Billy and I didn't really know each other that well then. Even though we've known each other for like eight years, mm. we weren't like super tight yet. Because mm. you're close now. Yeah, very close now. But um, that night was kind of like her introducing me to her posse. Yes. <laughs> and then like really mine cute. was the same with bringing Mandy in. Like she yeah. was my kind of like... Ring in. You know, or yeah. like my little right hand. Expand the girl gang. Yeah, that was fun. We have to do that again. I know, we really do. <laughs> that Billy's was just really so good. in love right now. I know. She will <laughs> hate that you said So cute. Sorry, Billy. We know you're really private. I call her B- Billy Bob Thornton, which she hates me saying publicly. <laughs> I've never heard that before. You know, the actor. I don't know. Just like I call her Billy Bob and then Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> but it's so not chic fashion, is it? But that's what I love about that's our kind of why it's amazing. relationship. Yeah. So um, I'm excited to interview you because, or to have an honest conversation with you, because I feel like I know you a bit, but I probably don't know as you know a lot of your story. And there's not much on Google. <laughs> <laughs> Did actually Wikipedia got in contact with us the other really? the other week? Okay. Yeah. Does this mean you've made it? I don't know, does it? (laughs) I doubt it. But they were like, it's not allowed to be personal. Like, it has to be about the business. And I'm like, well, thank goodness. I don't want my love life on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) So you have a wiki page. It's not live yet, but there will be one. Wow. I mean, that might be a goal for me to strive towards. I just, it was never even in your, in my mind as something that you do. But they, I guess they're trying to expand their creative mm. wiki pages in Australia. You know, I, um, fun fact, I donate to Wikipedia all the time. Do you really? Yeah. Because wow. you can just donate like five and ten bucks. Like if I'm in one of those times where I'm researching a lot and I'm using it a lot because mm. it's publicly funded. I didn't actually know Yeah, that. and so every now and again they'll raise and you might, you know, get an – I don't even know how I got on an email list but – I'll get an email saying like we're doing a raise and it says, you know, even if every single person who used Wikipedia in one day gave $1, it would fund them for like, I can't remember, it was a long time. Wow. Yeah. Well, now that I know that, I'll donate later. Yeah. Well, you're very kind and generous with a lot of what you do. So, (laughs) Um, Try to be. But why don't we start with your um, upbringing? Because I feel like that sort of sets the tone for who you are, actually. And I, I yeah. know that to be true as a it's person. It's definitely true. And then a lot of your sort of brand values as well come from your... Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my upbringing has completely shaped who I am today. It's mm. like, I don't think I've really ever changed that much, to be honest. I was born on the Sunshine Coast and I grew up in Coolum Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents were married a year after I was born and that's when they built our family home and it's they're still in the same house. Heaven. It's on the side of Mount Coulomb and you can see the ocean from my bed every morning that you wake up and I climb that mountain all the time. You've probably seen it on my yeah, Instagram before. <laughs> yeah, Every time I go home, I climb that mountain. Well, you've been going home a lot, so I want to talk about that as well. But I anyway, have, yeah. yeah. I mean, I miss home. I do love Sydney, don't get me wrong. But home is just so quiet and mm. calm and... Unaffected. The, yeah, it's unaffected. Beaches are just bare and beautiful and Mm. there's just no one around 
I love that. Mm. You know, so living here in Redfern, sp- it's just like, it's quite overwhelming to me. I, we were just saying it's like. I do need to escape quite a lot because I find that um, that probably is what adds to my stress more mm. than my workload is actually all of the, the environment hype around me, like all the stuff happening constantly. It's like Sydney's so go, go, go. You hear that when you're not from here, but until you're actually in it, you don't really understand what that means, like mm. the rat race. You don't understand what that means at all until you're here and it's just like there is something happening constantly. When I'm at home, nothing is happening mm. at all. Which can be <laughs> polarising. Yeah, which is exactly why I'm here. It's like a coming down of, yeah. coming down from Sydney. But I think I go it? there to like detox. <laughs> yeah. You know, mentally. Yeah. And physically probably. But. And maybe like, is that like a process of perhaps like reconnecting with self a bit? Absolutely. And with nature. Mm. Like I love nature so much. You know, I grew up at the beach and in the bush, like doing bush walks. And my mum's from out west on a um, cattle farm. Cool. Yeah, and dad's from Brisbane, but dad's a surfer and he taught me to surf when I was quite young. So you can surf? Uh, not very well, but You're a I dream can. girl. <laughs> <laughs> I give it a crack. Um, actually, just about to buy a new surfboard. I'm Are very you? excited. Yeah. It's like get back into it or? Yeah, I mean, I have been, I've always just dabbled, but at the moment I'm taking it a bit more seriously. Mm, why? Um, because it makes me feel free. Mm. Something about being out there, like it's just pure freedom. Mm, Uncontactable, that's kind of what I'm Mm. craving right now. Like I kind of took stock the other day and I felt like I was just constantly in response mode. Respond, respond, respond. And I was like, well, Alison, you've got three inboxes, three emails. You've got two Instagram accounts with delightfully um the opposite to you three instagram accounts two emails emails. (laughs) and like the dms are my lifeline right now i love them but it is it's a a lot a lot and then i've got three slack workplaces for different things i'm doing whatsapp facebook facebook messenger text calls so fuck (laughs) <laughs> it's it's just non-stop. I feel like pain. all I do is make my way around different apps responding. <laughs> Same. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. I actually set the timer thing on my Instagram the other day. Oh, my God. Tells you when you've spent an I'd hour. I'd be horrific. But it's so annoying. I'm like, really? I thought I was only I'm on not done like yet. <laughs> <laughs> I've only just gotten stalking. Yeah. Oh gosh. I'm, I'm not even. I'm only at his brother. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Single on Instagram is a whole new game, isn't it? Yeah, we have to talk about that too. Um, But I knew we would do this. I am going to try and create some structure here because otherwise I feel like we're just going to be like a ping pong um, table. Um, With your upbringing, Mm -hmm. how did you spend your time? Okay, so lots of surfing. Yeah. But lots of making. Like mum had me in um, playgroups. That we did workshops in all of them. So it was like potato printing on fabric and candle making. My mum did the markets with her jewellery. So to go back a little bit, actually, mum and dad um, lived in Mexico in the 80s for surfing. This was one of my questions. Yeah. Okay. And they actually met a guy. Yeah, I do have cool parents. They're absolute legends. Um, They met this guy in a bar who was trying to, like, rally together enough people to run a silversmithing course. And I think they'd had a couple and were like, yeah, we'll give it a crack, why not? And so they ended up doing this silversmithing course in Tasco, 
which is just um, southwest of Mexico City. It's spelled T-A-X-C-O, so no one ever knows how to pronounce it, but it's just Tasco. And it's quite a little colonial town in, like, in a valley on the side of a mountain. And um, it's actually, it used to be the silver mining capital of the world, but it's all drun, run dry now. Wow. But it's like beautiful cobblestone streets. And in the streets, as you walk around, they're dated when the cobblestones were put in. Like it'll be like 1970, 1961. Heaven. And it's like red tile roofs, white rendered walls, little mariachi bands I want to live there. It's so beautiful, <laughs> like flower boxes in all the windows. And um. Just the cutest little bars and restaurants and stuff. It's just absolutely stunning. Um, so anyway, while they were there, they created me. <laughs> I was conceived there. Wow. Um, so I went back and visited. Um, How when awesome. I was like 25 so that I could see where I was made. How did that feel? <laughs> Amazing. Mm. It was beautiful. Like a coming home a bit? Yeah, a little bit. And, I, and I'd already started the jewellery label, but going there and visiting it, was like very impacting for me mm. you know it was like okay I know I know I've made the right career choice kind of thing well one of my I've questions come full circle, was like you know did like really did you have a choice it's like it was it almost is in, not really is in your blood you but know also I mean? like I went to uni like I studied fashion design at QUT in Brisbane but it was in my final year of uni that um we were just given an ultimatum of like you can do an accessories line to um, complement the clothing on the runway or you could write a 5,000 word essay and I was like, <laughs> no, <laughs> my mum's a jeweler. <laughs> mum's making the jewelry. <laughs> I'm going to get her to help me. So I gave mum a call and I was like, feel like doing a little collaboration, mum? She's like, yeah, sure. And oh my gosh, that jewelry. I'd love to see it. Oh, I wouldn't. <laughs> well, we just have to start somewhere, don't we? <laughs> we do. It was like iconography based jewelry. The first collection was called Lush Life cute <laughs> i know so like there's like palm trees and pineapples and moons and an evil eye well, and, that's a ca- and a cactus kind of chic now not the cactus maybe the yeah the, moon the cactus the was like eye. the whole mexico thing and you know it was just simple rings and study rings and pendants but while i was still in my final year thea basilu who owned blonde venus do you remember blonde venus from brisbane Oh, kind of because you're not bell. from Brisbane, yeah. probably not. But she was like the first store in Australia to have like Karen Walker, and you okay, know, like she was really groundbreaking, and especially to have a store like that in Brisbane because nothing else like that existed. It still doesn't really mm. like it was all kind of like left field brands, edgy, um, even a bit quirky, I think. Mm. Um, and anyway, she picked up my label straight away before I even was thinking of having one. She was like, "Can I stock your jewelry?" And I was like. Uh, 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 guess she's like, "What do I call it?" And I'm like, uh, "Holly Rand Jewelry." So what? I never even like I never even thought about having a name or even having a label before it was kind of already happening. And poor mum was making everything because I didn't know how to make it yet. She had to teach me. So as soon as I finished uni, I moved home and she taught me how to make jewelry. And I still wanted to come to Sydney, mm. so I did an internship with Sarah Phillips. Yep. And as that was happening and doing Fashion Week. Literally, this time nine years ago. Um, Wild. I got all. I started getting all these emails from stores like, "We want what she's got at Blonde Venus," and I was like, oh, "Okay, I have to move home again." So I left Sydney, went home to create and made jewelry, and here we are. It'll be ten years next year. That is <laughs> nice. And you know what I like about you raising the fact it's been a decade. 
Because a lot of the time, like say you've got a brand that gets really hot, mm. it can feel like to consumers that that just kind of appeared and it's doing exactly. well. And when you think about the body of work that goes into getting it to a point where it exactly. is today. And that is something that I've been thinking a lot about recently. I guess because I just turned 30 as well. And I'm like, wow, my entire 20s has been jewellery, basically. Mm. I started it when I was 21. Wow. You know, so... Um, I was like, oh, wow, like my entire 20s, like a lot of my friends moved overseas and did things and I stayed and I and you made this business and worked and worked and worked. And so many people, because I've just moved to Sydney just under two years ago now, are like, oh, wow, yeah, I've just heard about your brand. You've just popped up. And I'm like, oh. And you think about every single like, thing you've made and up. you're like, look at my hands. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've been Put in the, the trenches, hard yards you know. <laughs> It's interesting, um, I'm exploring some different, I guess, ways of seeing the world. Mm. <laughs> I'll keep it broad. Um, so am I. And one of them is um, sort of this concept of life strategies based on um, our kind of emotional map, I guess, and our yeah. DNA. And what you described is this strategy of like waiting to respond. It's like someone came to you. And it, then you become like, and then it's your decision to say yes or no. Yeah. But I'm sure it was intuitive just be like, yes. Yeah. You know? I'm, I find it hard to say no to things. But like, I always knew I wanted to be a fashion designer. Mm. Like, I knew from a very young age. I was making clothes when I was like eight, mm. you know? And I did fashion competitions when I was in high school and I won a few of them. And so when it came to applying for uni, like, I didn't even care what kind of OP I got. Mm. Because I knew I was going into fashion. Like that yeah. was the only choice for me. And I had a full portfolio ready to go and like a whole rack of clothes to show them what I'd made and everything. Like I was very determined. Wow. Like, I never I never even second guessed it once. Mm. But I little did I know I was going to do jewellery because I actually didn't want to follow in my parents' footsteps. Oh, that's interesting. You know, I kind of rejected that notion from a young age. I was like, well, yeah, I still want to be creative like you but I want to do clothing. Yeah. And like, to be honest, mum did make tights and stuff that she sold at the markets as well, but it was predominantly jewellery. Mm. Um, and anyway, I guess, I don't know where I was going then. I know, I, was, I feel like we're probably was, just, when like I we're half a wine in now, so I'm like, everyone buckle up. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no, it's gonna we're only going to have one on. We also have a wine, so. Yeah, so this that. is where it gets a bit... Um, <laughs> precarious um but I would say that a lot of because I've felt that writing is just in me like there's just there was no other yeah thing I was going to do than be a journalist and I do think about that a bit and and you have a similar story to mine where I was just innate and mm -hmm. there's a lot of people and a lot of young women in the world that don't have that singular drive or passion yeah, or focus no. and I often think about gosh what would I have done not having that kind of lifeline to hold on to to say like this is what's propelling me forward because yeah. I can imagine if you didn't have the passion and some people just don't. Some people don't and yeah. I don't understand it Yeah, because I am, as you know, incredibly driven and motivated. Mm. Like that's just natural to me though. Like mm. I don't know how to be any other way. I have to keep working. Like if you took my business away from me, I just don't, I don't know what I'd do. Mm. I'd be so bored. I would be so, so bored. Well, I was going to ask, how do you 
spend your days now? Because I feel like as your business has begun to really scale, is it wildly different from say a year ago or two years ago, or are you still yeah, creating it, a lot, like physically yourself? I still create a lot, but the structure of the business has changed as it's had to. Mm. Like moving to Sydney was business strategy, you know, like that's like I actually need to push my label into the into the light, I guess, the, a lot more because being in Brisbane and Sunshine Coast in Queensland, you're just too far away. And even like when it comes to stylist loans and stuff, like I had PR down here and everything, but you know, it takes a few days to get down here or nothing can happen as quickly or immediately. Mm. And honestly, when I started going to events and things like Billy started inviting me to things, mm. people were like, oh, you're, you're a person. Mm. I was like, yeah. And you're chic and you're cool. <laughs> Interesting. Thanks, girl. <laughs> um, but, you know, like they were like, oh, I just thought it was a brand. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. But mm. I'm, I'm actually a person. And then that has helped. It's helped the business so much to actually physically be here, mm. speak with people, meet with people, collaborate. Well, I was going to say if I put my – media and editor had on we like an identity and yeah. we like a personality and then that helps us get hold of the story absolutely because there's a lot more depth to it than yeah. just like a label yeah and I think like it's an interesting observation actually because I hadn't really put two and two together I was curious to know Holly's creative process as much as she was open to share for so many artists the process of how they come to realize their work is often so nuanced Holly draws influence from the earth and the ocean and also from artists like the late British sculptor Barbara Hepworth. This is my favourite thing about these honest conversations, taking a peek into beautiful minds. I mean, there's a lot of art books in my house. Is there? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, I love going to galleries. It's a lot of self-study, hey. I think we don't talk about that enough. Mm. Yeah. Is how much we actually seek out other creatives work absolutely you know, yeah I mean first and foremost when I f- like started the jewelry label and I really figured out what I wanted to do with it like the second collection after the iconography iconography sorry after um what was it um lush and lush life lush life. <laughs> let's not say it anymore <laughs> it's gone now it's done it's very sweet um, but after that the next collection was very art driven art and nature driven it was like quite geometric um, and it was it was because of the art artists that I was into at that time and I was really into architecture at the time as well, mm. like Frank Lloyd Wright and, you know, there was every collection I think that you see that I've done, you can almost pick out those references or see where it, where what I've been looking at or what mm. I've been feeling. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I spend a lot of time going to art shows and galleries Um which is just heaven anyway. It is, but I just, I'm affected by it. I can immediately see a shape pop out to me. Also, oh, that's from how you see work. That's interesting. Like, it's not that I'm like mimicking that artwork, but no. within it, something will speak to me, even if it's a texture. Mm. Do you note that down or? No. It's just all in your Mentally mind. stored. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, because the reason why I don't is because I don't like drawing. So that's what I was going to say about a backwards process. Oh. I don't design on paper. Ever. Is that common for jewelers to design on paper first? Yeah. 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 In, in any fashion school, you are taught to come up with a concept, research that concept, draw from that concept, develop, 
start sampling and then have a realized product at the end finally mm. nope not me you're just straight in are <laughs> I you i just get the tools and just start doing something and see what happens yes like i'm i let that it be a really natural process work. you know and I mean, of course, when I was first starting, I couldn't really do that because I didn't have the skills. But now as I've developed over the last decade, now I have those skills so I can just go, oh, that stone, I'm going to use that. All right. And here's some materials. Okay. I'm going to cut that this way. And I just see it. I can visualize it in my mm. mind. And sometimes it doesn't work out exactly the way that I've visualized, but sometimes that's better. Yeah, You know, because it's the process, it's just this evolving thing. And then it becomes, I guess, a bit nuanced in a way where, it, you know, it has its own personality yeah. as it comes Absolutely. to. Absolutely. And that's when I like really got into carving wax, like lost wax casting. Have oh. you heard of the process? No, I'm learning everything right now. So, I mean, there's fabrication in making jewellery and that's when you're actually like using like sheet metal and a stone and like saws and, you know, you're starting with solid materials. Yeah. But lost wax casting is actually carving a shape out of wax and then casting it to metal. Which almost feels like you would get, right, this makes sense, like a more interesting shape. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And you can have more detail in there. Yeah. And that's how I've come up with the wabi-sabi. Which are heaven. Um, thank you. They're I my favourite. I love them the thing. So much. The thing is about them and why I love them so much is I think, you know, maybe five years into the business, I was getting really over the production side of things because we hand make all of our jewellery in Australia, which not a lot of people would know. I no don't one think. understands what that means either. Mm, what does so that mean? My mum works with. I, I used to say my mum works for me. She works with me. Mm. She runs the Cool and Beach Studio, and that's where most of my staff work. So that's your kind of HQ. Yeah, yeah. That's headquarters, and that's why I go home a lot because mm. I go to work with the team, mm. and I miss working with my team. Oh yeah, I miss I being really with miss the team. Mm. Um, especially like one of the girls that works for me. Her name's Lena. Um, she's worked for me now. I think on off probably about six years. Mm. But she's just developed into the most incredible jeweller. Like she's definitely outdone me. She's way ahead of me. Well, that's but very generous actually, of you to say. No, it's true. Mm. She works really hard and I couldn't do my business without her. You know, like she's a driving force behind me. Mm. And a lot of the times, you know, we're sam- like I go up there and we sample the collection together. Like I used to do it all just by myself, but now I just trust her. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm thinking I want to do something like this. Can you give it a crack for me? Mm. And sometimes it's perfect straight straight away and sometimes it's not. But I've actually collaborated with her in this new season because she was doing a lot of the wax stuff with me and she developed a bit of a style of her own. And so we've done uh, horoscopes. Oh, I'm so into it, obviously. Yeah, it's really, really beautiful. So it's in this like wax stamp shape a little bit smaller than the picasso um and it's all her original drawings that she's carved into them and they are stunning oh my god i'm really excited actually sarah just bought them oh did she for the undone today so oh she's next door by the way (laughs) yeah so (laughs) you'll you'll be able to have them right next door quite soon yes i can try them on myself i'll definitely buy that you know i'm kind of i think that's your vibe (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) did you notice (laughs) i reckon i understand that can i just say how um admirable it is and I know you might not think it is perhaps but to call out the women around you particularly key players like I think when you're um a creative lead or you're leading the hardest thing to do is to let someone in 
Yeah, I found it hard when I was younger. Oh, my God, yeah. As I've gotten older, I've realised, you know, when I take stock Mm. of what it is that I've achieved, I go, well, it wasn't just me that achieved that. Mm. We achieved that together. Yes. And I'm so proud of all of the girls that have worked for me over the years. You know, like, they've come and gone, but Lena's come back. Yeah. And Jess, actually, another one of the girls that's worked for me on and off for a long time, she's just had a baby. Heaven. I know, he's so cute. Um. She's his name's Ari. He's four months old now, so in a couple of months she's going to come back to work for me um, on the so Sunshine fun. Coast. And yeah, she's a really hard worker as well. And my mum, of course, is like the pillar. Mm. You know, I could I wouldn't even know what I was doing without her teaching me. Oh, we love you, you know, mum. She's given me these skills and she's supported me every step of the way. She's worked for this business as long as I have from the from day one. She must be so happy to see you realize this label in your dreams, you know, mm. like yeah, having had is. success on in her own right as a jeweler, but then seeing it with her daughter, I think that would be a yeah. very emotional. It is. It's thing. emotional for both of us, yeah. you know, like, and as a lot of people say, oh my gosh, it must be so hard to work with your mum. It is mm. sometimes like we are chalk and cheese. She's very realistic. Um, I'm a bit flighty, a bit of a dreamer. Mm. You know, like I'm the creative. Mm. You know, I'm coming up with all these crazy ideas. It's got a lettuce list. That's not wearable, Holly. And I'm like, who cares? I want to wear it. But what about how it feels, Mum? Yeah. <laughs> you just don't get it. <laughs> we hear like that is said a lot. You just don't get it. But um, you know, it's really great when I go home and I'm designing a new collection with um Mum and Lena because my mum's name's Denise, by the way. Um because I'll come up with the ideas, mum will be like, nope, nope, nope. And I'll be like, yes, yes, yes. And Lena will come in and be like, okay. A little bit of this, a little bit of this. Yeah. Almost like a beautiful mediator. It's become quite a collaborative process between the three of us now in designing. I I generally get my way. Yeah. But. (laughs) Like it's kind of got my name on it. Yeah. (laughs) But um, they do bring me down to earth and a lot of the ideas that I have, like, that's just not viable. Like, mm. how are we going to put that into production? And I'm like, mm, can we just do it for editorial? <laughs> yeah, but then everyone wants it and then no one yeah, can have yeah. it. Yeah. So everything is handmade by In your Australia. Team. In Australia. Yeah. By us. Like, I how literally many are they making a day? Oh, my God. A lot. A lot. Wow. It's hard. it's hard work. It's very physical. Yeah. Um, there's no other way. I mean, like, there's other ways, obviously, but for you, I'm assuming this is the only way. This is the only way. Mm. And I think it's because mum instilled in me early on in life that beauty of the handmaid. You know, I watched her tinkering away and I could see, you know, I guess it's the feeling of satisfaction mm. that you get when you finish something, like me showing you that engagement ring I just finished. Yes. You know, I'm like, I'm excited about it every time. Mm, doesn't every go time away. You work, and, you know, like you're working with raw materials, like these beautiful lustrous metals mm. and gorgeous stones. Like, you know, and we, st- we source all of our stones ethically. So what that means is through direct suppliers in Australia. Like okay. even the pearls that we get are actually the byproduct, discarded pearls. That's what a keshi pearl is. It's become a hot trend. But just to let you guys all know, it's wow. actually like the pearl discarded. no one wanted. It's, it's, well, it's not paspali, is it? 
Yeah. You see what I mean? It's totally. organic. It's the naturally occurring ones that aren't perfect. That are actually so perfect. But I love them. Yeah. I love them for their weirdness. And yeah. I think what do you think about trends then? Like if those pearls are trending now, mm. eventually they won't, but you'll continue to. I'll still to, use yeah. them. It's like yeah. I've, I've just um, used opals in my new collection. I gotta love and opals. I hadn't used them in since the very first or well, the second collection that I was talking about earlier. I, I won't opals. mention the first one. <laughs> no, that one's... We've all got, we've all got that. It's like looking back at bad wardrobe choices, you know. Can I tell like, you? I am embarrassed about my first collection, I, was, I can admit it. I was a, um, a very unsophisticated junior writer on Pop Sugar a decade ago, <laughs> nearly a decade ago. And I'm probably going to invite everyone to do this now, but if I Google my work... <laughs> I'm like, no, how yeah. did anyone let that reach Even people? photos that were taken of me in the early days of this label, like when I still had a nose ring. Oh, my God, a nose ring. Yep. I can, can see that for you. It? I just had the belly ring. <laughs> it had to be one or <laughs> the I other. Which I kind of want back now, but. I don't know if I could do a nose ring again. Mm, I feel like it would suit you. I can see why you got that. It's very bohemian. Yeah. I'm not as bohemian as I used to be. Mm. Like, you could definitely see I was a nature child a bit more in how I dressed in the past. Yeah. Whereas now you're fashion. No. A bit more minimal these days. Um, I want to keep talking a little bit about your business mm-hmm. because I actually um, – I didn't know a lot of this stuff a before lot of I don't. really started to research. So that was um, that was amazing in itself. And I would like to talk about um, circularity. Mm. To extend the life of your jewellery. Yeah. What does that mean? So I what was that like, means is that raw materials never lose their value. So, so once it's melted down. So I can melt it down and use it to, and breathe new life into those materials to make something new. So I've started a recycling initiative that you can read all about on my website, but I'll break it down as simply as I can now. Basically, if you've bought something from me or, or bought my jewellery from one of my stockists and it's for some reason no longer serving you, or potentially you've stood on it and broken it, or you've lost one of the earrings and you've still got the other one, you can return that to me for a credit and I'll melt down those metals or remove the stones and reuse them in new designs. Wow. Or another side to it is I can just repair it for you as well. Or if your plating's worn off, we offer a replating service. It's like it's all about I'm trying to design timelessly so that you want to keep this piece forever. Exactly. I want to create heirlooms. But – if for some reason it just is no longer serving you, it's just not your style anymore or you realise it's been sitting on the shelf for over six months and you're just not going to wear it again, give it back to me. Get something new and I can use those materials again. And it means that, I guess to put it simply, I feel responsible for the things that I'm putting out there. Yeah. Like to be a designer at all is bad for the environment. Mm. But if I'm going to be a designer, then I want to be a really responsible one yes and I don't want my pieces to end up in landfill Mm. so please send them back to me I'll give you a store credit so you can get something new so we can can look at this on the website and it tells you how to send them back yeah and there's even like a breakdown of cost so it's basically like if something if you bring something back to me and it's basically as new condition you're going to get a higher credit obviously because it means that maybe all I need to do is polish it and I can resell it yeah if it's a style that we're still selling yeah but if it's really damaged or you've lost one of the earrings or whatever, it, we might go on metal weight okay. or stone value. 
depending. So there's there's a breakdown there that you can see, and it's it's this case by so case basis good. as well. Like I'm happy to talk to the consumer directly to figure out what they want to do because maybe I could just redesign it slightly to make it more them. How you know, like I'm wanting to invite this? the consumer to have a conversation with me so that when they are investing in a piece of jewellery, because gold's expensive. Yes. And so I'm trying to push people to buy gold and not gold plated. Mm. Because also gold Well, you're signet, I'm telling you. It's like it's high on my wish list of things oh, of like thanks. when I can. This is actually the first one I ever made. So really? the rings that I wear are the very first of their kind. Oh, you're like heaven. All the jewellery I wear is the very What was that first one ones. I loved? This is the unconditional. The unconditional. I'm going to take a picture of that. to self-love and with Tasmanian Spinel, which is basically spoken about Sounds as if it's the poor, man, poor man's black diamond, but I think they're nice. Mm. They're really nice and they're like in the creeks in Tasmania. Do you still sell that ring? Yeah. Yeah, it's a classic. It comes in a necklace and earrings as well. Mm. But yeah, so I'm really, I mean, obviously we said earlier, like I'm really passionate about nature Mm. because I spend a lot of time in nature and I need it. Like was literally just saying um, this this morning, I need to go to the beach. Like I just, I need to see the ocean. Mm. I need to smell it. Like I just need to be around it because like I said, being in the city is not what I'm used to. Yeah. So as much as I'm loving it, I find it. So then you feel that really your duty of care mm, is to is protect to, the thing that you need. It. Yeah. So we're actually. And that we all need. I'm talking with um, a foundation at the moment that takes, I won't name who they are, but because it's not confirmed yet, but who take care of the ocean, like in terms of cleanups, like yeah. organizing cleanups. So we're going to donate $2 from every sale to them. How good. Yeah. Um, well, congratulations on that. Thanks. Because that's some good, brave work. Thank you. I'm sure it's not always the most economical path. Oh, it's definitely the most expensive way to do anything. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, but. Yeah. Like I said, I feel responsible. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to look back on my life and be like, I didn't try. Yeah. You know, have you watched Our Planet? Yes. Seriously. And really, you know, I've always felt this way. But I really hope that opens a few other people's eyes. You're gonna wake the and fuck it's, up. It's so hard though. It's like you go to Coles and it's like, how do I not get plastic? I know. It's like near impossible. But you know, little trick I've just discovered. Oh yeah. When you go to the nut wall. Oh yeah. Use a mushroom bag. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um. So yeah, that is the the whole recycling process is this idea of circularity. Well, this is. I had a question around prioritising low waste and zero yeah. waste processes. So that's what you're referring to mm-hmm. there. And that's something that while it may not have been, a, it's not a mainstay, it's a massive priority for you yeah. moving forward. And I think this is what's so interesting about makers and creators and like anyone who's in the business of producing something, like we just can't be doing it now if it's not leaning into those things my, in a meaningful way. kind of like term that I've, been using the most lately whenever I'm giving interviews so that hopefully it gets into the minds of other designers too is that waste is actually a design flaw. What does that mean? Well, if you're designing responsibly, there shouldn't be waste. Mm. And so with metals, you know, like we only buy recycled metals from a company called A&E and all of the metals we use in our jewellery are recycled, but then we also recycle all of our scraps and melt them down ourselves as well. So that means there is no waste in that. Mm-hmm. And if you are bringing that piece back to me, then we can melt it down and reuse it again. So it's like reuse, recycle, 
mm. repair. So mm. like when I'm designing, I'm thinking about repairability, recyclability, and durability. Yes. And so it's like this is the way that I mean that like waste is a design flaw is that if you are designing to not have waste in mind, then you know that's the it best changes way you your can. own your whole process. It does, and yeah. it is. A, it's a lot more expensive. And I mean, I, I know it's really hard in the clothing industry, of course. And this is another thing that I should have said earlier. When I had the opportunity to move into jewellery and when I started making it, but I was still thinking I wanted to do clothing, the moment I started working with jewellery, I was like, there's no waste. Hmm. I want to do this. I don't want to do clothing So that spoke to you on a level of... Yeah. 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 That like hit me. Mm. Like that impacted me immediately. As soon as I realized that you could just reuse everything, I was like, oh my gosh, no, this is, this is what I need to do. It's this quite is what high, I want to high do. moral ground there, isn't it? Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, with clothing, it's hard, obviously. Like yeah. when you're cutting a, when you're cutting a pattern, cutting a shape out of fabric, you're going to have that fabric waste there, but give it to someone like my friends run a blanket brand called Seljack mm-hmm. and it's all recycled fabrics from Amazing. all of the warehouses to make their blankets. So oh, it's like cool. find someone like that and give it to them. I'll link that. Don't just shut it in don't just chuck mm. it in the bin. Please do link that. They're amazing. Having your work copied is really hard. We're taught to be flattered and you'll even hear I say that myself. But on reflection, it really is very low frequency behavior. I wanted to hear Holly's take on it because I've seen her designs copied by some pretty big brands. She shares some really interesting points, including why it's also on us as consumers to think before we buy. A lot. It's pretty upsetting. Especially oh, I see it. And I'm like, that's Holly's. That's Holly's. <sighs> yeah. Won't name names, but there is someone very particularly who has done it quite a few times mm. and not just to me, but to a lot of other people. And it makes me really fucking pissed off. Yeah. Like, let's get real about yeah. it. I'm not going to pretend that it doesn't upset me. It does. And the reason why it really upsets me is because... My girls and I are hand-making this jewellery mm. and this company is made in China in a factory that probably isn't accredited and could have small children working in it. Mm. Like, think. Yeah. There is a reason why that price tag is 150 and mine's 450 There's a reason. This is the education we need. Oh, seriously, like, and it just upsets me that people it should, I don't think. think about that. Because also, like, if you're, if you're going to invest in jewellery at all, invest in something that lasts that you can wear over and over and don't buy it if you don't love it. Mm. Like, it's like that whole thing of, like, buy less, choose well. Yeah. You hear it so many times you forget what that means. Do you address copycats or you just let I it? have. I've called them out a few times mm. um, when it's just too much. You kind of have to stand up for your – Yeah, you, know. you have to. Yeah. Um, I've been doing a bit of um, – there's a few I haven't yet and I'm just taking a view on it. But there's some, you know, if I see my l- language or um, – I'm sure it would happen to you all the time. Oh, I see my scripting everywhere, Mm. (laughs) you know, which is um, actually really exciting because you're like, I'm affecting I know, there is that side to it. No, but different for me because, um, well, I guess they're monetizing in ways that I've chosen not to and all that sort of thing. The way I've been looking at it is if it's someone who I think I could help, then I try and help. Yeah. So I say like. I'm the same. Flattered and like. I am happy to I sit am with you in a way, but I think yours is a bit different. Um, you know, when I check out who it is, 
I'm only pissed off if they're a big company totally. that are just and this doing is my it out thing. of pure greed. This is my thing. If, if it's, it's out just, of pure greed, yeah. then that's when it pisses me off. Me if too. it's some young girl that's just come out of just jewelry trying. school and she's just trying and she's inspired, yeah. good on you. Yeah. You'll get your own style later. Like that'll totally. come later as you keep making. I couldn't that's agree fine. More. That does not upset me at all. If anything, that's the most flattering. Yes. That, that, that makes me feel good. That means, makes me feel like, oh, wow, I inspired their making process. Yeah. That's cool. You know, that's, that's fine. It's just when it's like, a big company that are just ripping you off. And, yeah. But there's like nothing you can do about it. That's so fucked. Other than have a voice. Yeah. You know, other than call them out publicly or whatever. There's yeah. Just to say it's happening. Because if it's 10% changed. Yeah. There's nothing or, you can do. Or uh, a little bit more if it's just different materials. Whoever's in there designing mm. that says take responsibility. Yeah, I, I'm for. always like, does anyone know who that designer is? Because mm. I want to talk to them. Karmic debt is real. Mm. It every is decision we make has an and impact. I hope it's stacking yeah. up for them <laughs> <laughs> but I'm there with but you but I'm glad I mean, you asked me the question because no one talks about it it's like yeah, a taboo it's real. subject and maybe I asked it because I'm feeling it right now where I'm like I want to try and be an example I also want to continue being a mentor where I can mm. and and so I'm I've got the same view as you if if it's someone who I can is just an independent who's obviously just wants to create and be yeah. in the space, then I'm reaching out and saying, I would love to sit with you and we can like oh, develop same. it and I've like taught most of the girls work that on your messaging me. and Yeah, absolutely. All of that. But if you're a big if you're a publisher or <laughs> then I'm like, oh no. No, 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 <laughs> you no. Cannot no, be. no, no, you no, you did not. Um <laughs> Yeah, like I mean, a lot of the girls um, that have worked for me over the years and work for me now come with no jewelry schools whatsoever. Wow. So my mum and I teach them. From scratch. From scratch. Yeah. Which is so, often the best because then yeah. you Yeah. Oh, and, and they learn our yeah. processes and our ways of making as well. Yeah. So it means that like they're kind of schooled in the way that I approach mm. the design and making process mm. as well, I guess, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I'm more than happy to help anyone. And, I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but on my personal Instagram lately I've gotten a bit more personal. I have noticed. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because, you know, I think having all these realisations when you turn 30, that's a, that's actually a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. I it's didn't thing. think it was a thing. I was like, whatever, that's not a thing. It's a thing. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden I'm making all these big realisations totally. about who I am and who I want to be in the future. Well, it's a coming into, um, what is it, like self. resonance, you know? Yeah, it's like totally. you, You're like, yeah. Yeah. And I've realised, well, I actually have a voice. You know, collectively on Instagram, I think I've got over 50,000 followers across oh, the yeah. accounts. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of people. And a lot, a lot of women. Of people. Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you can look at the statistics on mm. Instagram and it's, I think it's more like 75% women, 25% men. Mm. Um. But I realise I've got this voice and I care about the environment. So I'm going to bloody well talk about it. Yeah. You know? And I'm going to talk about the fact that I have feelings. Mm. Like this girl yesterday comments on mine and Kitty's new campaign, um, tags her friend in and goes, I've, um, what'd she say? We could have done that. And I just wrote back straight away, but you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Good and she you. then deleted the comment strand and DM'd me trying to explain herself or apologise or whatever. And I was like, look, it's just offensive. Like, you've got to remember I'm a real person. I'm not a business. Mm. Like, this was on my personal account too. I'm like, how do you not realise that I see that? 
Yes. Like, how do you not realize that I see that? Just I because I have a lot of followers doesn't mean I'm not real. Yeah. Doesn't mean I don't have feelings. Mm. I'm a very emotional person. I'm a Scorpio, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, totally. And so I put a post up, what was it, like two weeks ago or something, when I'd had a really, really shitty day. And I was feeling really down and I was about to delete that Instagram and just be like, just keep it all business. Yeah. Like I don't, I feel exposed. I've thought about this. I feel exposed. Yeah. I'm just going to delete it. But then instead I put up a photo of something, of some of my jewellery, something that made me happy and was a reminder to me and I explained this in the post that like this is who I am, this is what I do, this is what I love and I want to share that because I get excited about it. It mm. makes me feel good and I want to share that with people mm. and I don't want to be scared just because I'm feeling insecure. Well, one of the questions I had for you was around social media and I Mm -hmm. guess I'm very interested in this concept of the emotional landscape of Instagram Mm. because it's different for all of us. It's changed everything. I know and I want to know from you like being now I guess a fashion identity in Sydney – it's yeah, kind of hard to get around, right? Because <laughs> I know you're not in ego in that way. No. And so I wonder, is that challenging for you to sit in that and be be that when you need to be that? But it's also a lot of pressure. Like I always said... It's, it's pressure like, to f- like look good all the time. But also to hang out with certain people. Mm. And like I observe from the outside with fashion because I've always been more of a beauty girl. We need more wine, do we? No, I'm saying that's how I get through it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I get through it with the wine. The wine. It's like but a, it's a bit of um it's it's a, it's a, this identity thing where mm. it's like well do you sometimes feel like you lose a bit of who you are through it or I think that's what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to harness that again. Like yeah. I'm trying to get that back by being open and honest. Yeah. And like I'm doing all of this like transparent work with my jewelry at the moment. Like Rosie and I've just written a brand bible. The Holy Ryan jewelry. It's like a manifesto and it's like just states. That's my favourite work to do. Oh, my God. It states mm. exactly what we are, what we do, how we do it, why we do it. Um, and like it's going up on my website this week, actual photos of my team and a little interview with all of them. Okay. So I'm like, I want to show you who we are that actually mm. is making your jewellery and remind you that it is us making it too. Yeah. But, yeah, because I'm doing everything, going more transparent with the jewellery brand, it made me feel like – Oh, I want to be more transparent myself too because I don't – I didn't come from no. that world. No. And it came as quite a shock to me. Like when someone – when I first moved to Sydney, this is going to sound really wanky, but it happened and it made me feel weird. Like a few times when I first moved to Sydney, someone coming up to me and be like, are you Holly Ryan? And I was like, what? <laughs> why would you care? Is there another Holly Ryan in Sydney? <laughs> yeah, like and why would you care though? Like I'm just me. Like it's not – and then, yeah, it's like now that other designers want to dress me for events and that I'm invited to these beautiful lunches and breakfasts and as someone that matters, I'm like, what? Really? I'm just grateful. I'm so grateful. Me too. Because I get to meet these amazing people that, to be honest, I used to watch on Instagram. Yes. Like I knew who you were before I met you. Oh, doll. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. For me, it's like, whoa, I've just like mm. stepped into this whole world that like – you guys have all been a part of for such a long time. Yes. For me, it's quite a shock. And I don't know if, I mean, maybe for some, but I think there's a lot of us who don't, have never felt at home in it. And yeah, right. a big thing for me was just not subscribing and mm. trying to say like, like the cool fashion people aren't going to want to be friends with me because <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> like I'm just not there 
type of person maybe and so forth. There was years where I kind of desired to be in a particular crowd or... But it's funny once you actually, um, I guess, push the curtains to the side. Yeah. And you realise everyone's just normal. Would you know what's Everyone's real. Amazing is now... So I thought when I And that's what I work, think what's... This is why offline is so great. It's because you are. You're tearing down Thank that you. barrier. It's an unveiling. Like, yeah, yeah, it is. It's like an unveiling of like, who are these people really? Like, yes. And that's why I love listening to it. Oh, thank you. Especially like, it's nice when I listen to my friends' ones. Yes. But it's so inspiring and empowering to listen to the people that you don't know that we always have an idea about someone mm. you know we always and have an perception. idea about yeah perception of who they are that doesn't necessarily mean that it's negative mm. but you have a perception of someone maybe that they are stronger than they are yes you know I and find that hard like as I've gotten closer to um I guess like some of the more traditional influences over the years mm-hmm. I've said this before, but I do spend quite a bit of time standing up for them in conversations and because, you know, when you know what someone's really going through in their life, but they don't really have, um, there's no through way for them to communicate those hardships because that is their brand and therefore their business and how they make their money and their clients aren't going to like, you know, there's, it's a really delicate dance. For me, it's like I had to do all the wholesale appointments last week and do my brunch event and I actually lost a friend last weekend. Oh, my darling. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I fly sorry. to Melbourne tomorrow morning for the funeral. I'm so but sorry. But then it was just like, okay, I can't I can't talk about this. I can't feel it. I have to hide all of this. I'm so sorry. It's all right. Thank you. Oh. It happens. Um, but, um, yeah, it was just like, you know, that is that world, this world that we live in where all of a sudden you just have to put on a brave face. A brave face and just get it done. Mm. And I had to give two big talks about sustainability last oh week. Oh, God. And, like, just pull it all together and pretend like I was completely fine when inside I was totally unravelling. Mm. And, like, you could probably tell that I'd been drinking the night before because mm. it was like I got home and I'm just like, give me the wine, I can't handle this. It's all that's going to get me through. Yeah. You and I, I think about... That's just re- reality. Oh, man. Just how many nights especially in my old job that I would just go home and drink because Mm. it was the only thing that just softened it all yeah you know what I mean and then you start to look at that behavior and you're like well Jesus Christ I've got the thing everyone wants I know I've got to drink my way through it but the thing is like what we do isn't easy we work Mm. really hard yeah you know and maybe we make it look easy on the internet Mm. But it's not, mm. and then you do and that's have, our responsibility have, now. Yeah, it is. Like to you're doing, expose this to young women. Is that bring this, it forward. This isn't easy, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't just get here overnight. Mm-hmm. I've worked for like, you know, if you're going to include uni, like studying fashion and the jewelry, then it's been twelve years already that wow. I've been going hard at it. It's not like my label just became woo, out of nowhere. No, and a lot of the the business practices and our processes even the way we make things has changed and developed over time to be what it is today it was nowhere near as good in the beginning of course nothing ever is no but like I'm really really proud of what I've created I'm really proud of my team and what they've created and I'm so proud of all of the women around me that support me even you for having me here today thank you it's my pleasure thank you it's my absolute pleasure I knew you would be an interesting and intriguing conversation. You know? <laughs> Thank you. Because what I love about you is you have your um, 
your authenticity in completely intact. So anytime Thank I you, see that's you, that's a huge compliment. Honestly, anytime I see you at the shiny events we're at, you're Holly. You're not like putting on a special front for like no. You know, and you know, I, I don't know how to do that. No, and neither do I actually. And to like, be honest, like, I don't feel like I'd really connect or learn anything from anyone else if I wasn't being my true self. Mm. And the people that don't get me, that's fine. See you later. There's a lot of other people I can <laughs> hang out with, and yeah. I have a lot of incredible friends. You do. I had a bit of a moment, you know, we were both at that beautiful Chanel Beauty event yeah. at Icebergs Gosh, the other lucky. morning. What is life? <laughs> but I had that moment where I was like, I'm going to sit this to me because. You know what you were saying before, like getting invited to things. You were like, what? Like yeah. you want me to come to your event? I thought that when I left the big job, well, that's the end of the invites. So for me, and maybe it's in a little bit of ego here or there's a bit of vanity behind it, but being invited to a Chanel event Huge. off my own name and my own work. Congrats. Oh, thank you. It's Congrats. massive. I know it felt massive for me too. And you're sitting and like, there. You know, at this Jericho's breakfast. sitting oh. next to me, and she's like one of my best friends in the world. And she's got the gallery that represents me for my sculptures. Yes. Well, we, we, haven't, we, haven't, even we have to We have to hurry up. I know, but um, you know, for her, she's like, people know about my gallery. Yes. In the fashion world. Like, you know, when she introduced she herself to me, same. I was like, um, I basically know you because yeah. I follow oh, everything she does. She's just amazing. She yes. inspires me so much and she is so driven as well. She seems to be a woman who's very um, in her body and in herself. Oh, she is true. Yeah. There is no, there is no facade. And also just there's something so romantic about having a gallery and like. Oh, but she just nails it. Like mm. she's got some really, really exciting artists coming up this mm. year. Well, I wanted and to it's talk actually about Darren McDonald's show there next week. Oh, okay. Yeah, you should come. I will. Um, yeah, and I need to Thursday get out and night. do that stuff more. Well, he's. I mean, the fact that he's you know always worked as a fashion photographer and now showing in a gallery. I think mm. it's going to be really interesting. And this is the thing: we have to accept people's extensions of creativity on their own. Mm. So it's not like, oh, so you're doing this now. It's like, no. I can do no. all things. Yes. You know, you know I'm just me for adding one thing. to my repertoire. Yes. Thank you very much. And that's what I wanted to talk about with your sculptures yeah. is how how did that Okay, so how come it happened? About? Well, I mean, if you look back at designs of my jewelry over the years, I've always been heavily influenced by other artists, like or artists, I should say. Um, especially sculptors. Mm. So Barbara Hepworth and Jean Arp and obviously I love Picasso because who doesn't? Matisse, um, Oh, I mean, I could go on and on and on. But being so inspired by sculpture, it was coming up to – they just opened the suites at Carriage Works yes. for Fashion Week. And so I was going to be able to debut I remember at Fashion this. Week for the first time. Like I'd done jewellery on the catwalk for a bunch of different brands over the years, but it always gets lost and it never really feels like you've got ownership over that because it's someone else's vision really. You're just adding some sparkle to it basically. Mm. But this was an opportunity for me to be like, well, here I am and this is what I do and this is me. And it was the first time I had a chance to do that. It wasn't just my PR company having a showroom doing sales. You know? Yes. This was me being like, hi. So I didn't want to just put my jewellery on some marble. I was like, no, I want to make an impact. I and love you. So you're like, I'm going to make sculpture. <laughs> well, it wasn't actually my idea. It was a girl that um, – used to work for me but is also a good friend. Her name's Shani. Her mum's a high school art teacher and Shani was like, why don't you give sculpture a go? Like mum 
t- t- has done a class in it or something for her kids. I can find out a little bit about it. So we just did a little bit of research. Both took the day off work and I left the other girls in the studio and we went to Bunnings and bought some tools and some Hebel and went under my house one day and just put on the put on some Beyonce or something, I think, and just started chiseling. And Fuck yes. Before you knew it, like before the week was out, I'd made like three and I ended up making 10, I think it was, for that fashion week and immediately Jericho got in contact with me and I didn't know. Oh, I'd met her once at the Christiane Spangsberg show but she got in contact with me. He's like, you need to take this seriously. I want to represent you. And I was like, what? <laughs> but I've fallen in love with it. I'm seriously. Because I think. But when your last show, there was like 30 pieces, right? <laughs> I was watching you on Instagram. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. Like you were just all day. Going for it. All night. Mm-hmm. I was like, how is she doing this? The stamina. The, the physical Mm. labor yeah I lost a lot of weight Mm. like that was very very physical and everyone said it to me after like whoa you're looking thin I'm like yeah I have not like I've been alone chiseling for weeks (laughs) I've been alone chiseling for weeks in a cave (laughs) (laughs) and because my studio actually is underground it kind of feels like I go down into my cave um but yeah but I I I didn't have anyone around me, so I was, like, always just putting my phone on a shelf and it would fall over because I'm chiseling. <laughs> like, trying to, like, capture some of that, capture, like, what I was doing and how hard it is because a lot of people are like, oh, are those just, like, 3D printed or cast or something? And I'm like, no, they are not. No. I hand-carved them with chisels and files and then hand-sanded them. And um, They're exquisite. Oh, and thank you so much. Like, I'm really, really happy... I'm just like, how does she know how to do this too? I just kind of made it up. Watched a few YouTube videos, but then just went for it. Mm. And I've just kind of developed a style by doing it. Did that feel like it was just like coming out? Yeah, but I think it's it's literally, it's kind of like jewellery on just a bigger scale Mm. with the wax carving stuff that I had started getting into in the last like five years with jewellery. Sort of, it's a a similar process. Mm. Similar, not the same, Mm. but similar. And so I think... You know, it's just on a bigger scale. So is that a big focus for you now? Or yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to do another show until mid next year. Okay. Need a little the break. Last two, the last two solos, solo shows I've done have been the beginning of February, which when you think about the retail world mm. is absolutely crazy for me yeah. because I'm so busy all the way up to Christmas. I don't have any time. So then I have to cram and that's why I was all day, all night. Like not sleeping. Oh like I had started last year, but I was not even close to finishing that show. And then it was just like I didn't leave the studio no, for I like, remember watching just like going, almost oh my God. eight weeks or something. I think I was just in there. What did that feel like? Did you feel like panic and pressure you weren't going to finish or you knew you would finish? Well, there was another emotional side to it is that I'd just gone through a breakup. Mm. So then it was like, So you're alone with your thoughts and your, oh God. But it was like what empowered me. Interesting. If that makes sense. Like I put all of my emotion into that show and that's why it's called Exhale. (laughs) And I just did. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was, you know, I was going through like I'd had some traumatic stuff happen. I don't need to get into that. But, um, you know, and it led to a breakup and I was hurting And I was like, okay, well, the best thing that I can do and the only thing I know how to do from any other breakup I've been through is to channel that energy into my work. Wow. And so I just went hardcore. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but I'm really proud of what I achieved. And Was selling those pieces quite sweet then? Because I can imagine if you're pushing that energy out and into the work, you also want to on-sell that. You know what I mean? It's like you don't I probably want that in your house or all I you do. I literally had a lady come up to me last night um, after dinner and tell me that she bought Exhale, the main sculpture from my wow. show. And talking to her, I ended up bursting into tears. I was like, you just don't know what that means to me. Wow. It was really, really special. So it's funny. Wow. It's nice that we can talk about that yes. today. I feel like I'm going to cry timing. now. <laughs> me too. This will be a second time in your day then. God. Um, but yeah. And this is like, this is the storytelling. If I think about why the fuck am I doing this podcast, mm. it's for these very reasons that there's so much of you in the work. Yeah. The, and it the can work feel is commercial. Me. Yeah. But it's really the opposite of that, you yeah. know. And they're limited run in the most beautiful way that it's yeah. like. So is every show about 30 pieces? No, the first one, well, the first lot that I did was nine and then the next one was 16 and then this one was 28. <laughs> so so you're like going to hit 40 next year? <laughs> potentially. <Yeah. laughs> I'm going to feel that age too. <laughs> I think it's so exciting what you're doing. Thank you. Honestly. and I'm like, really excited about where I am right now in my life. You know, mm. I, I was feeling pretty down earlier in the year and I was like, maybe I'll move home to Queensland. Well, I remember we had a very brief discussion about it. I don't know where we were, but you said you, would consider it, you were considering moving yeah. home. Mm. So do you feel like you'll hang I'm in not Sydney for more? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. It's, after, you know, the success of the sculpture show and I've just done the beautiful brunch for my jewellery. Yes. My new season jewellery last week and all the wholesale appointments. And, I mean, we're still we're in the thick of it right now. I'm doing the, the jewellery for the Hanson and Gretel show on oh, Tuesday. Heaven. And then all the international North wholesale Ainsley. meetings. And then there's Paris. But right now where I'm at, I'm like, actually, I am going to give myself a pat on the back and say, look at what you've achieved. Heaps. Because none of us do that enough. We just no. keep going I and know. we forget to take stock. And I've, I've been saying it to all my friends at the moment. It's really important that you actually just stop for a second and Sitting even write a success. list if you need to oh. and, like, actually own it. Mm. You don't need to go and say it all over the internet or anything. Mm. But for yourself, in your heart, be proud of yourself. Be proud of what you've achieved because you worked really hard to get there. And you know what? It's enough. Yeah, it is enough. I mean, I I always. If we more, stopped tomorrow, it would still be enough. Yeah, we still would have like done a lot in our lives. You know, we've we still would have achieved mm. a lot, and I'm proud of that. Yes, I only have um, two more questions for you. Yeah, one of them was around that more um, the personal life. Like one mm. thing that I've always been so, I guess, like grateful, thankful for is that as I started to. Um, sort of, I guess, progress in my career, I had gotten married before that happened. Mm. So I had a lot of stability yeah. at home and I kind of felt like I like I had him as my champion and my support, but that was kind of like um, not a closed chapter, but it was like good and nourished and then I could really focus on my career. How do you think about building out relationships and friendships and romantic relationships when your business and your brand, it's like quite all-encompassing? I think, you know, it, it has been tricky the last few months trying to like, I guess, navigate a dating world mm. when I work so much and it's like, you know, 
someone's like, come and meet me. Like, let's go for dinner tonight or let's have a drink. And I'm like, I actually can't. Can it's you come underground? I, it's not, yeah, can you come down to my cave? Um, <laughs> doesn't sound that appealing. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like, actually, I would love to, but I really just can't. And, you know, I'd sort of, it'd be like passing ships then. Mm. And I think it, it can be like that with friends as well. Um, and even family, it's hard sometimes yes. because I do... I do tend to put my work first and it does upset people mm. sometimes. But, I mean, I'm lucky that I live with Kit Yeah, because <laughs> we see a lot of each other. Yeah. Um, and Rosie Dalton, who's also one of my best friends, actually works for me. She does a lot of my content, so, like, writing the brand Bible and, yeah. like, she, like, does all of the website and press releases and – um, we give the talks together whenever I'm talking about sustainability or what Amazing. I do, we put on talks and she is like asking me the questions and she writes all of that. So I love working with her, but it means that our friendship just stays so tight. And then Jericho is the same. I work mm. with her as well, but these are my best friends yes. in Sydney. My actual best friend is, her name is Zoe. She, um, she works for Anna Schwartz Gallery in Melbourne, but she's Amazing. away. So it's like. She's my best, best friend. Um, and she's incredible. Very, very driven. Have you known her for a really long time? Yeah, we've been friends since we were 10 years old. Oh, I love those friends. Yeah. yeah, but we just go back and forth and see each other like probably once a month. Mm. Yeah. No, that's good. I just I make the, the time for her. I just hard. find it. It's I hard. do find it hard. Yeah. 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 I do find it hard. And I end up making my friends work for me so I can see them. <laughs> <laughs> that's a strategy. Like Kitty just did the campaign. Rosie's just done the talk. Jericho's yeah. involved every step of the way because I just use the gallery as my pop up. Yes. And it's like, you know, very, very grateful all for around them. me all the time. So I have a final question. Yes. And you listen to the podcast, so you know what it is. I'm going to do my thing anyway. Do it. It's one of my favorite things. Offline exists as an exploration of self. And who are we without the labels that we put on ourselves or probably rightly society puts on us? Mm -hmm. And so when you're sitting in true self, who are you and how do you identify with that? Um. I had an interesting discussion about this last week um, because people have started calling me an artist because of the sculpture and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I feel deserving of that title. Wow. But I think it's my dream to be an artist or to be recognised as a creative, to be recognised for my work but also to be recognised that I'm actually an incredibly loyal and emotional person. Mm. And I would like to be known for that too. Mm. I would say that's accurate of not the emotional thing, but the loyalty. I've, I'm very. If loyal. I hear people um, talk about you, I mean it when I say like your authenticity is intact. Thank you so much. No, for honestly, you have that. a. It says standard like reputation across the board. So that is so comforting. I to mean, know it. That. I, and like being here with you now. I almost – I mean, I can. I never know how a conversation is going to go, but I had hoped it would be this. Oh, I'm glad. Because of what I know of you, you know. And so, you know, there's sometimes we can get a microphone in front of us and we change a yeah. bit. I do sometimes, depends on sort of what environment I'm in. I don't in. know if I ever change for anyone. I love that. I'm, I do get nervous sometimes, mm. but I usually will say I'm nervous. 
to whoever it is. <laughs> so they know. <laughs> so they know. Well, we had the wine, which was... Yeah, true. It's always quite important. Yeah, it always helps me. Well, I have to thank you for being on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for saying yes. It's an yes. absolute pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Offline. Visit getoffline.co to explore more episodes, the online courses I've created to help you succeed consciously, and upcoming community events. Follow getoffline.co on Instagram and me. My handle is Alison Larson Rice. Lastly, if you know someone who would benefit from hearing these honest conversations, please share offline with them.